0: Hello, beautiful human listening to the pod. Welcome back to the Inner Glow Podcast with me, Bailey Turner. Today, I am going to talk to Kira Lee, who is just the coolest, the wisest, the most interesting person. She is going to talk to us all about how to connect with our spirit guides, who our spirit guides are, and her journey to realizing her intuitive gifts. Um, I had a reading with Carolee, who I connected to through a friend back in February, I think. And it has continued to unfold and to give me so many lessons. I, I feel like I'm picking up on more and more that she told me in our session every day. I kind of reflect back and I, something else connects. So it's so cool. Um, I'm actually in Costa Rica at the moment, just experimenting, really, with following my intuition and just waiting for the next call that I get from my intuition, and it's been such a journey. Um, I really want to take you guys along for more of this ride, and I feel like this is the perfect space to do it and to be more open with you all because it used to kind of be Instagram and Instagram has weird, weird energy to me lately. I still am over there using it a bit. Um, yeah, it's something with the algorithm. It just feels less organic. I feel like the only people who see my stories these days are like guys from high school. Not sure what the algorithm's doing there could do without it. But anyways, we're here now. So Enjoy this episode with the beautiful, beautiful Carolee. I will put all of her information in those show notes so you can book a reading with her if it's something you want to do, which I highly recommend, and we will just get right into it. Oh, So I've been so excited to talk to you because I just I've been wanting to come back to the podcast, and this is the topic that I I feel most excited about, especially since our reading, which was so good. So, mm. I would love to start with, what do you you know when you first meet people? How do you tell them what you do? <laughs>
1: <laughs> it's a really good question because it's something that I still struggle with, to be honest. I. It's taken me a while to come to terms with who I am and what I do. And, um, and there's been a little bit of, there has been a progression. So back, back in the day, cause I'm an energy reader, I'm an energy healer. I speak to spirit guides. I speak to angels That's not necessarily the first thing I want to say to somebody at a party, like some parties, maybe that can be received. Um, But, or you know, the person I meet at the bus stop Um, and back in the day, I used to I worked in the music industry. I had a very um, material world job. And and I've always felt like, I think because, and I had a job at this radio station in Australia called Triple J and it was quite a high profile job. And so I got very used to saying to people, I'm the assistant music director at Triple J and people would be really impressed. And that was me in my twenties and I was into it. I enjoyed people being impressed by me. Like that really, it was a good conversation starter at parties. And then I went on this spiritual journey and now when people ask me what I do, sometimes it totally shuts the conversation down. In fact, I um, I have this really clear memory of being, it was in Melbourne at, um oh, one of my friends is quite high up in the film industry structure in Melbourne. So she took me to this schmancy party and it wasn't my bag. I'm not a film person, but I was having a really fun night, but everybody else was schmoozing and I just sat back on a couch for a little bit to just watch it all go on and and people watch. And this guy came over to me and started hitting on me and he was really tuning it like he was giving it everything he's got and I was in the mood to be very honest so when he asked me what I did I just straight up told him and honestly it was like I just <laughs> it was like I just slapped him across the face and, <laughs> and he had nothing left to say and he just walked away and I was like yeah yep yeah, yeah, I kind of get it actually <laughs> so it depends so to answer your question sometimes I straight up tell people what I do sometimes Mm -hmm. I lead into it gently and my fallback position is life coach life coach or yoga teacher if I don't really Mm -hmm. want to tell you what I do but if I do (laughs) want to tell you what I do then energy reader and healer
0: right like how Mm. how deep do we want to go here is this like a a quick conversation or. Yes. Yeah.
1: Yes. I mean, and I, also I don't want to derail anything, right? Like if we're having a really fun, light, easy, fluffy conversation, maybe we don't need, maybe that's all it is. We don't need to get into the intricacies of what your spirit guides are exactly. and how they
0: talk to me. That's so, I relate to that so much too. Um, Because for a while it's like, I was waffling on like, okay, do I want to accept this like spiritual path? That's a bit uncomfortable, mm. harder to define. And like, you know, some, it felt like a big job stepping into it. And so for a while it was like, I even did like nursing because I, I wanted so badly to like step into that healing, but in a way that would make sense to people, Yeah. you know, which nursing is such a beautiful thing as well. But for me, I was like, I just feel like I want to do something like deeper that's more under the surface. So yeah, I, I completely relate to that.
1: But you have- it is a little bit like coming out again and again and again and again. And I've come out in my life many times about many things. <laughs> but it and it is an ongoing process, right? You have to mm-hmm. keep keep going. It's not just one announcement that you talk to spirit guides. It's many announcements. Yes.
0: I love that. So, how did you discover your gift of talking to spirit guides? Is it something you've always kind of felt or is it something that's grown as you've become more comfortable listening? Mm,
1: Both actually. And it's it's interesting that you became a nurse because my mother was a nurse. My father was an electrician. So -hmm. the fact that I'm an energy healer makes a lot of sense, (laughs) but took me a long time to say that. Um, I, like I said, I, I, you know, I was very much in the material world. I was in the music industry, but I always had I always had an interest in altered states of consciousness. That's been one of the primary loves of my life. I always was into this idea that there was something more, but I couldn't quite quantify it and I didn't want to see it. You know, I was 25. I wasn't interested in that. And um, honestly, I think I get it from my grandmother. Like, I know, I know I get it from my grandmother. Her and I shared a birthday and she was, like, super Catholic. So her understanding of her connection to God, and we used to call it, like, a direct line to Jesus was that it was, yeah, she spoke to God. She spoke to Jesus. She would bless us. It it was always like something that happened, but it was like, oh, Pat. Mm -hmm. Oh, look, there goes Pat again, talking to God. (laughs) Um, And so there was that bubbling along in the background and then I was leading my material world life and interested in other things but mostly honestly using drugs to get there in my 20s to find that that connection to god and the first time i saw god was on a dance floor which you know makes sense um and then i fell in love with yoga actually and so it's like this full circle story where there was this woman i knew called lynette arcady who i used to get energy readings from and in one of my earliest energy readings from her she told me i should try yoga and the way she said it made me Terrified because I was really attached to my pain. I didn't want to change. I didn't want to see deeper. I was putting up walls. Mm-hmm. And the way she said it, I knew it was going to be powerful. So I avoided it for as long as I could. And then I landed on Copanyang with a month to spare on my honeymoon. And my husband at the time wanted to write a book. And I had to like find something to do for a month. I'm like, what do you do in Thailand? You do yoga. So I signed up for a beginner's yoga retreat. And and, and then I became one of those people, you know, the, the vigor of the newly converted, because I came home to myself and I realized that I was deeply spiritual and I always had been and I needed something more. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So then, you know, that was kind of my nursing and the way you did that to kind of help you connect, but not take the full step. For me, it was yoga. I was like, fell in love with yoga and then decided to become a yoga teacher because it was still pretty mainstream. That was still pretty people can understand what that is Mm -hmm. and that was my path and then I moved to Berlin and I really got into more exploration of altered states of consciousness both um, through drugs and non-drugs yeah 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 yeah. a lot of meditation a lot of clubbing a lot of um, exploration which is what people move to Berlin for right to explore Mm -hmm. and it was while I was in Berlin that I got into ayahuasca because there was maybe about 2015 there was a huge everybody was doing ayahuasca all of a sudden It was a thing Mm -hmm. and so I started doing ayahuasca I did quite a bit of ayahuasca and in about my 12th ceremony the spirit of the plant basically said to me you're a channel and Lynette Arcadi is your teacher and her and I had stayed in contact but we hadn't been in super close contact because I was overseas Mm -hmm. and actually when the message came through I missed it Mm -hmm. and I ignored it I didn't pay any attention because I'm a bit um slow on the uptake sometimes uh, and then the next ceremony that I did the plant got quite really firm with me it was like you are a, a channel Lynette is your teacher go yeah. away until you until you deal with that and pushed me out of the ceremony I was like over it's like I've been kicked out the door yeah. and so then I emailed Lynette and was like um funny story <laughs> <laughs> I am Oscar, told me you're my teacher <laughs> and then of course because nothing is um an accident she was just about to do this thing called the emp which is the energy mentor program where she teaches you how to speak to your guides and your angels and so i signed up and i trained for three years with her and and then in that training it was a slow steady progress i describe it like tuning the radio Mm -hmm. or learning another language actually is maybe a little bit better when you learn another language you have to practice and sound like an idiot and not understand what's going on and get a bit lost and get your messages mixed and have a day where it's amazing and you're completely fluent and you feel incredible and then the next day you speak like a three-year-old and you don't know what's going on and that was the process for me of of tuning in and receiving downloads until it became a clear constant and ongoing conversation.
0: Well that makes so much sense that you say it's like learning a language. Mm, mm. that really just helps me understand like what it what it's like for you is it do you get like do you see things do you is it a, do you hear them or is it like a knowing where you just know yeah, or does it just flow out of you
1: it's a little it's so hard to explain this stuff um it's a l- little bit of both so primarily I hear mm-hmm. and it just like I, I channel so I speak and even I'm standing back looking at the words coming out of my mouth, going, damn, that's really good. <laughs> wow, that's super smart. Because it, it's not me. It's in my voice, but it's not me. It's it's something greater than, than me that I'm channeling. So there's that. Other times I do get shown impressions. So it's not like being shown a photo, it's more like a f- being shown a feeling, even though it's it's like a visual feeling. I don't that isn't a great explanation but it is what it is um and then other times not so much when I'm channeling professionally when I'm working with people it's hearing and seeing in my own life it is tu- intuition as well it's like I sometimes I just know I just yeah. know that to be true in an instant it's just the way it is it's just so clear wow
0: that is so beautiful
1: mm. yeah and
0: I mean the, what I loved about the reading that you did for me was that it wasn't, you know, I came to you wanting like answers, like, when's this going to happen? How should I go about this? And
1: Everybody wants a, when's I was this so, I had a list <laughs> and I was like,
0: okay, so when is this going to happen? Like, how am I? Yeah. And do you know what though? I loved that you did give me answers that guided me, but also like just these really, really profound little nuggets that it was more like i felt like you gave me a guide on like how to go with whatever comes as well but like yes. how to align with my path rather than just you need to make this decision and you need to do this and that's helped me so much more because it's really stuck with me
1: and there's something about the power of like the way we're given things so if you came to the guides and just asked um yeah like a really like a really obvious question when am I going to get married and then the guide said you're going to get married at 35 then all of a sudden there's like a weird pressure that comes in around that and all or, or then at 35 the guy comes along and you're like yeah whatever like I knew this was going to happen yeah. cool. Like, yeah, sweet. Okay. But it's something about the guides going, all right, you need to figure this out for yourself. What is it that you want? What is it that you're looking for? What is your heart's desire? How? What does it even mean to you to be married? Like, how can you go deeper on this? There's something about them leading you into it and opening it up so you can explore it that makes it real and valuable. I I find all the things I'm just handed in my life that are really simple and easy for me, sure, I enjoy them, but they're not meaningful. The things I really have to feel my way through and think my way through and discover for myself, that, that is powerful.
0: Yeah. And I think sometimes, you know, if someone came to you and you're like, okay, you're going to get married at this age, this is like the career that you're going to have, this will happen. Then it kind of takes away from doing the work to get there. Where
1: absolutely
0: the way you were like, okay, well, this could happen, but you, you know, you're going to go on an adventure here and you need to accept this.
1: You know, it's more
0: about like you becoming
1: the person that you're meant to be. Yeah. Right. We live in this really busy, fast paced linear world where we do want everything to just happen now or to be super clear or what do you mean? I don't know what's going on. I always, I always know what's going on, Mm -hmm. but that's not how energy works. It's not how spirit works. It's not how our souls evolve. It's, it's actually Mm -hmm. remarkable how different the this kind of capitalist, patriarchy, racist, systemic society that we live in, that we work through, how different it actually is from the truth of how our soul evolves and what's actually really good for us and what it means to be a human alive and be having this spiritual experience in a human body. And, and so I'm not surprised that it's really hard for us to reconcile that sometimes. And people do come with their lists and they're like, I
0: did. I I did. I wanted
1: answers. Yeah. 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 And you do, you do get answers in a, in a reading, but mm-hmm. But it's answers from your guides, you know, it's answers from the other side. It's not answers from your boss, which is like, this is due at 5 p.m. Get it done.
0: Right. Yes. I, and I definitely, I did get answers, but I'd say it wasn't as like, yeah, I mean, it's the answers that I needed and not all of the answers that I wanted and not like a a 10 step like program to getting there, but more of like, you need to accept this truth kind of like, this is the person that you need to be. You need to connect with this part of yourself which was like so amazing and such a gift. So who are these spirit guides? Do we have many? Are they people that we've incarnated with before and like souls that are elsewhere? Are they, do we have like a a team of them?
1: Yeah. So it's a little bit like saying, um, who are the people that work at this business? You're like, well, It's a big business on 14 different continents. There aren't 14 continents on five different continents. Um, Mm -hmm. How do I describe all these people to you, right? Um, As is my understanding. And so I talk about angels and spirit guides. When I say that, what I really mean is frequency. And again, this is all like, this is just me using like small human words to describe big beautiful magical concepts that I can see and connect to but can't fully understand because I'm in a human body with a human brain at the moment so I do my best as I understand it and as I read it I call it our spiritual support squad so it's this understanding that none of us came to earth for for the first time mostly we've all been here before Mm -hmm. Um, we're on a bigger journey and we come with a support squad and again like we're kind of told here in the human world that you know you're on your own, pull yourself up by your bootstraps. You shouldn't need to ask for help. You should do it yourself. But the actual truth is we come supported and connected from the other side. We come, actually I did a reading the other day and and the way the guides described it to this woman was like the trust fall. Did you ever do that in like... um? sleepovers when you're a teenager Mm -hmm. and one person stands on the table and everybody else puts their arms out behind them and -hmm. then catches them as they fall backwards. That's what it actually is. We have all these entities standing there supporting us at all times. Mm -hmm. It gets, it's a big world out there. We'll just talk about spirit guides and angels. So some of them, angels have not been human before, as far as I can understand. They are a whole other existence of um of energy of creation that has not incarnated a human at any point but are here to support us and guide us Mm -hmm. spirit guides have incarnated as human at some point not necessarily in a way that we would understand them to be so in terms of maybe if you've got a loved one who's passed over they may be around you but they're around you as an ancestor i found it to be incredibly rare that somebody's actually i don't think i've ever encountered it that somebody who has been known to the person in this lifetime has then joined the the spiritual support squad and become a spirit guide um some of your spirit guides are with you through lifetimes and um, some of them change in and out and then some of them just come in for specific purposes so whenever i'm starting i did it before this this chat that we're having now whenever i'm starting any project or doing anything of note i ask that the the guides who are connected to this particular creative endeavor or project or whatever I ask them to step forward and so I can feel them and and hear them and and be clear with them yeah so it's like they kind of tap in and out depending on what you're going through and what particular flavor of support you need at that time
0: Mm. that's it's just so cool to me I mean, it's, we, it's we really do beautiful. need like a team of people, <laughs> <laughs> like, especially I'm,
1: being alive at this time.
0: Exactly, exactly. But it's just—I don't know—it's so beautiful to feel you have that kind of support and to tap into that, especially when you kind of feel like everything is on your shoulders. To you know, to make all these decisions, it's mm-hmm. just so freeing to know that there there are things guiding us.
1: Yes. Yes. And that is actually, it's funny, it's part of the blessing and the curse of having the connection that I have. And, and so the thing about this is, and I believe this to be true, that everyone can do what I do, that I i am not special. I am not made of magic. This is our birthright. We all have it. I especially think that if you rewound kind of 300 years and spoke to somebody standing on the Bundjalung country in Australia that I'm kind of, that I'm standing on right now, mm-hmm. and you told them what I did, they'd be like, yeah, duh. Like mm-hmm. what? So what? Like we all have hands, we all have feet, we can all speak to the other side. What are you talking about? It's just that we have have yeah. lost it a little bit and we can come back to it, right? So I just want to be really clear that I think we all have this and we all can do it. Mm-hmm. I have trained in this, so maybe I'm a little clearer than other people. And mm-hmm. so I have a really ongoing dialogue with my guides and I ask them what I should do and they tell me and I'm a brat and sometimes I push back and sometimes Mm -hmm. I fight it and sometimes I ignore them and often I get an answer I don't want to hear and that's been a really big part of my path is asking the question getting the answer and having to be like all right cool Mm -hmm. (laughs) fine I'll do it (laughs) And they're very, they're, you know, my guides are very used to me throwing tantrums and saying, I don't want to, they, um, they just kind of let that run its course. Mm-hmm. Um, but there is something about the power of, of uh, having the source and being able to ask that both is amazing and also is a little intimidating as well to know that the answers are available and you don't have to do your own head in. You could just get a clear answer and then follow it. Yeah.
0: I mean, I, that's what I was going to ask you as well is it's something that we can all tap into. And yeah, I think, you know, I remember even being younger and I definitely identify as an empath, but I think everyone is, you know, but, Mm. um, just having, you know, kind of feeling like I was getting this guidance from something outside of myself, but also feeling kind of crazy for having that connection because it was so you know I wasn't taught to listen to that I was taught to like listen to parents or people outside of myself and Mm I I just wonder what the world would be like if we were all educated more on listening to our guides and listening to ourselves
1: I think if you look at indigenous communities around the world that's Mm -hmm. what it looked like that's what we did Mm
0: -hmm.
1: and then we got it beaten out of us yeah yeah and and I you know, and I, I don't want to get a bit like I do want to get a bit bolshy here. Here I go. We do get it beaten out of us, and I think organized religion beats it out of us. And I did 13 years in Catholic schooling. And so I have a lot to say about the Catholics. And, and most of what I got from that is hierarchy. And the hierarchy is you're at the bottom. And the only way you can get to, to God, to frequency, to your spirit guides, to the angels, whatever, is to go through all these different men. And then maybe they'll let you through. If you like say the right things and do the right things and behave in the right way, they might hook you up with that divinity. And I profoundly reject that. Yeah. As far as I'm concerned, we can all do this and we don't need to go through anyone. We can do it ourselves for ourselves. And that's a pretty confronting idea because we do live in a hierarchical world. Mm-hmm. Hopefully hierarchies are collapsing, but there's a lot of structure in place, I believe, to stop people from connecting to their own spirits themselves. It'd put a lot of people out of jobs if um, if all of a sudden we could just have this divine connection and have this deeper understanding of our purpose and not have to hand our power over to anyone else. Yes,
0: I'm just like taking that in, honestly, because I relate to that so much going to a Christian school, being raised in a Christian mm. house. And it was like, you know, because we all do have this spiritual connection. I think a lot of times when you you know, religion is forced on you because you have, you want to express yourself and connect spiritually. You find a way to like, try to channel it into that. But then there's all these Mm -hmm. rules and constrictions on you. And you're like, well, this doesn't really make sense, but you're told that something's Mm -hmm. just wrong with you if it doesn't make sense. And yeah, I remember like, I got heavily into Christianity for a bit because I just thought something was wrong with me and that was the way to fix it. And that was the way Mm -hmm. to like tap into my spiritual nature. And I was just always like, you know, I, I felt so powerless. I was like the most depressed I've ever been, but then thinking that that was my problem and I just wasn't like giving it to God and it wasn't, you know, so it really, really, it's taken a lot to untangle that and I'm still untangling mm. that now.
1: Yeah, I'm I, I'm still untangling my spiritual trauma as well. And it's so sad because the intention is so good Mm -hmm. The intention is I want to connect. I know I can feel this. I know there's something there Mm -hmm. and I want to connect to it. And then it just gets so, I want to say perverted or destructed or tangled somehow Mm -hmm. that this beautiful intention you set out with that should lead to like this incredibly profound experience ends up leading to you feeling like you're not good enough oh my god and this is like this is what blows my mind the amount of people who come to a reading for me Mm -hmm. expecting to get in trouble expecting Mm -hmm. that okay now I've got the direct line to the spirit guides they're going to tell me I'm not good enough they're going to tell me I'm wrong they're going to tell me I did this bad or they don't come for a reading at all because they think that's what they're going to hear and it couldn't be further from the truth when you tap into the other side it is endless boundless love and compassion and understanding Mm -hmm. and connection and it's like it's like your family your spiritual family waiting there to welcome you home they're so excited to see you Mm -hmm. and that's what it is and yet people don't come because they think it's something very very different to that
0: yeah i just and I was talking to a friend about this the other day, but just, I constantly have to remind myself that, you know, God isn't something outside of me that I have to get access to. Like God is like in us, it's who we are and we deserve to mm-hmm. like, experience this life as, you know, like God in a body. And it just, I, even like the word God, I've had trouble with. And so I've like, <laughs> the universe because it's something I'm still healing from. But, yeah. you know, it's yeah, it's, we're taught religion that God is outside of ourselves. You have to be good to access that kind of power and that kind of love and and joy and like peace in your life when really it's just inside of you. And you're, you know, like religion is putting like an obstacle between you and accessing that when you have it all along.
1: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. It's, it's madness. Mm -hmm. It's madness. I, you know, I use the word God now quite comfortably, but I didn't for a long time I couldn't do it I even there's in my bookshelf somewhere there's a copy of the artist's way where Mm. I decided I would do the artist's way but I couldn't handle the fact that she used the word God so much so I went through and crossed it out in every single (laughs) time she used it it's crossed out I'm like "Mm -mm -mm, not for me and now of course like I pray every day and I can't tell you what God is I don't know but I know what it's not and it's not a white dude on a beard well with a beard on a cloud yeah. Like I guarantee it's not some un- angry guy mm-hmm. who's slightly pissed at you and who you need to kind of suck up to. That is n- not God. Mm-hmm. That
0: is not God. It's so funny you say that about the artist way right? because I was the same with the book Return to Love, which I love so much, but I put myself off from reading it for ages because the language was so centered around the word God. And mm-hmm. I was like, I, I just can't do it because it was giving me like flashbacks to being... You know in church
1: traumatized awful yeah. about
0: myself so yeah it's definitely you know and I don't want to have that kind of anger and resentment towards it but it's something I'm working through mm. um yeah, yeah wow I've, I just relate to that I'm so glad that you made that point
1: and the way I really worked through that myself was prayer mm. was like directly learning that I could directly connect to God mm-hmm. that I could talk to her every day that she's hilarious When I, I always just go, yo, what's up God? And she goes, what's up girl. And then we start (laughs) our little chat and, and just actually stepping away from the structure and figuring out what my relationship was and really practicing that relationship and feeling really confident in that relationship really made me so connected and stable and aware that it helped me let go of, of all the pain and all of the trauma. Um, And step into what, back into you know, like what you were talking about—that initial feeling that you had, where you were like, "I want to connect," and then it got so messed up. Stepping back into that original intention and just doing the connection myself actually set me free. Mm. That's beautiful.
0: Yeah, and it's just the because I was around a lot of people that were in the church. It was like that was the way that it was okay for me to like express my freak spirituality side that just wanted to go like crazy with it and just like really yeah really really connect to something that was the way that it was like semi-acceptable for me to express it yeah and to talk to something outside of myself and to yeah release control to that so it's like I I think we all we do we know that there is something there that we're connected to the
1: the analogy I love is the um it's the ants next to the four-lane highway So an ant colony is a really sophisticated thing Um, and it's a little city and it has all these rules and and, um, guidelines and it runs like a Swiss watch, right? There's a whole um, ecosystem and and culture going on inside the ant colony that sits next to the four-lane highway. And the ant colony can feel the four-lane highway. It knows that something is there. It can feel the vibrations. It can feel the rumblings. Can the ants conceive of what a highway is, what cars are, what humans who drive cars are, what the inner life of a human who drives a car on a freeway that causes the rumbling is, no, they cannot. But they absolutely can tell you that there is something there. And that's what it feels like for me. I feel the rumblings. I know it's there. Can Mm. I explain to you the inner life of of a spirit guide or an angel or God? No, I can't. Mm -hmm. (laughs) That, That information doesn't process through my human experience, but it is there. I I absolutely can feel it. And I know that it is there. And I think we all can. I think we all feel the rumblings in different ways, but we all feel them. Mm -hmm.
0: What advice would you have for someone listening to this that wants to tap into their intuition more? And how would you, because sometimes I think I have trouble distinguishing between intuition and fear. And I think I'm, Mm -hmm. I'm learning that intuitive voice more. And usually the intuitive Mm -hmm. voice is a little quieter. It's kind of like a nudge Mm -hmm. and it's there and it's something that I can't shake. Whereas the fear is like kind of screaming at me. Mm -hmm. It's very loud Um and naggy.
1: Yeah. So my first piece of advice would be do it. Oh my God, do it, do it, do it. <laughs> intuition is incredible. My intuition has saved my life. It has bought me partners. It has bought me um, houses. It has bought me experiences. It has helped me avoid some shit that I didn't want. Like my intuition is and again, it's our birthright. We all have it. It is our sixth sense. So if you want to explore it, go right ahead and do it. Again, the language analogy works here. So it's practice and it's learning and it's repetition. Mm-hmm. If you've ever learned a new language, you know that you lose, you use it or you lose it. Mm-hmm. And it's the same with intuition. You need to make it a, an ongoing, consistent practice. Mm-hmm. Asking questions and listening for answers is a really good way to do it because that helps you sort through the voices in your head because you do have a couple of voices going on. So how do you know which one is intuition? Mm -hmm. I would say in my experience, intuition only ever comes in your voice or a voice you've never heard before. So if it comes in a teacher's voice or a parent's voice or an ex-partner's voice, it's not intuition. Mm -hmm. It's out-tuition. It's, um, Mm -hmm. yeah, it's out-tuition. It's not intuition. Um, intuition usually comes incredibly quickly and then you'll do everything you can to fight back against it. <laughs> yes. like usually the intuition gives comes immediately and then the out tuition kicks in and goes oh well you could never have that don't be silly mm-hmm. how could you ever make that possible that's not mm-hmm. shut up um generally you feel it in your body so you want to tune in When the different voices come to where you feel them in your body or if you feel them in your body at all, Mm -hmm. and then you'll start to, it's different for everyone, but most people, the lower they go in the body, the more it's intuition rather than out tuition. Mm. Um, Intuition often as well just doesn't go away so actually the example I always give about this is my is my brother-in-law who grew up on a council estate in London um in a very poor community and in a community that was policed but was never the police that was never yeah there, there was no role modeling around that mm-hmm. but from the time he was a young guy he knew even though he was like a young guy in trouble with the police he knew he wanted to become a police officer and it It never went away. He trained as a hairdresser. He worked as a hairdresser. He did all these other things. But this voice that said you need to become a police officer never went away. And finally two years ago he started the process and two months ago he graduated at the age of 36 because that intuition never went away. And he's on the other side of the world now. He lives in Australia. He's not even in the UK anymore. But it just always was there. Mm -hmm. and he had to do like training to become a cop later in life it's a lot of work when you've got a family and in the end he he just had to acknowledge it Mm -hmm. and and accept it and do everything he had to do to become a police officer because he just always knew that he was meant to and so intuition is rarely convenient often it hangs around for a really long time it doesn't shut up and it's the inconvenient thought that never goes away Carolyn Meese says this as well, that our intuition can be our greatest blessing and our greatest curse, because when we listen to it and we follow it, it's a blessing. Mm -hmm. But when we ignore it and we diminish it and then we numb it out, maybe through really intense things that we do in our life in order to not hear our intuition and we betray ourselves later when it all unfolds that. This is what it is. This is what it was always going to be. I always knew it was this, even though I hurt myself and denied myself and betrayed myself. Mm-hmm. Then you have to come to terms with the fact that you didn't back yourself. Yeah. And it can be. It's not. You know, as with all of these spiritual practices, it's not all sunshine and unicorns and lollipops. I thought it was when I was starting getting on the spiritual path. Spoiler <laughs> alert: It's not. It can be. It can be the really difficult work of. of existing in a human body and being alive and coming to terms with everything that that means, including doubting yourself and fearing yourself and not backing yourself.
0: Yeah. I feel like my intuition usually will come on strong with one thing and it's just a Mm. short like sentiment or direction Mm-hmm. you know it doesn't it doesn't explain itself usually it's
1: just like yeah, It's a really that's a really good point intuition doesn't explain itself it's not a process it's like you're meant to be a cop but it doesn't tell you how to apply for cop school yeah. or when you're going to be a cop or like it's just like you need to do this mm-hmm. um and it doesn't give any judgment you need to become a cop because you're a really good person dah, 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 or you need to become a cop because you're a bad person who needs to get your shit together it doesn't come like that Mm -hmm. There's no judgment. There's no how to, it's Mm -hmm. just the pure, this is, this is it. This is it. And you need to figure, figure the rest out for yourself.
0: Yeah. Do you, so have spirits kind of, I guess I'm trying to think of how I want to word this, but is there like a set path that's planned out for us? Is it a matter of like, do you accept that and walk into it or are there many paths that we're just constantly changing based off of
1: decisions? Look, as far as I understand it, a little from column A, a little from column B. As I've seen it, we come to earth in this soul incarnation with a bit of a to-do list, like some things that we're here Mm -hmm. to learn and understand and experience. And kind of, oh, you think of it, were you ever a girl guide or a brownie? Or is that just an yeah. Australian thing?
0: I, I always wanted to be, but I never,
1: yeah, it never happened. And you get badges, like you do your fire yeah. starting badge. And yeah, okay. So it's a bit like, it's a bit like that. It's a bit like these lifetimes we go through. Each time we come to earth, we're looking to get a few badges mm-hmm. um, along the way. And so we kind of come here with this idea that these are the things our soul needs in this incarnation in order to grow and learn and change and get the badges that we need to complete the whole set, how that then plays out mm-hmm. is very individual. It is not set. Free will is a is a real thing. Mm-hmm. But then also nothing is lost. That's the other side of it, that that nothing is lost. So even if you thought it was meant to be one thing and you pursued it and it didn't turn out to be that thing, Maybe your human you is like, that was a failure, but your soul, you actually got the badge, (laughs) even though like you might not have got the reward in the material human world. Maybe your soul went through what it needed to go through Mm. in order to learn what it needed to learn. And it's the same, as I said earlier, the, the things that just fall in our lap. So generally the blessings you came with in this lifetime are not the things that you are here to really experience the challenges that you came with in this lifetime. That's the badges you're going for. Um, Mm -hmm. If it's just handed to you, if it's easy, it doesn't mean anything. If you spend your whole life working through it, Oh my God, it means everything. And, and at the end of our lives, like you can't take, I mean, they say you can't take anything with you and you can't, you certainly can't take any of your stuff with you or your people with you, but you, what you learn you absolutely take with you, it crosses over into your next lifetime. So what you do in this lifetime counts and it matters and it's important. Doesn't mean it has to be perfect or good or easy or any of those things, but if you're paying attention, if you're um, if you're mindful, if you really tune into what it means to be a human and have a human experience and you're Mm -hmm. thinking about your life from beginning to end and your soul progression, yeah, it counts and you get to take it with you at the end. Wow.
0: So I've spent a lot of time thinking about what you just said, um, just since my mom passed away because Mm. she, I watched her struggle with mental illness and addiction. Mm. She was an alcoholic and I watched her struggle with that my whole life. And so when she passed away from that, I I just had a hard time at first because I was like, well, she never got better. Like it didn't get resolved in this lifetime. But now when I look at it, I see it so different because I'm like, her soul came here to learn and that was her path. And, you know, maybe she didn't learn how to recover from addiction and from mental health, but the amount of like empathy she would have learned in her lifetime, the amount of like, you know, humility she would have learned. And the, just, I think there are so many other things that she learned other than me, you know, wanting to be like, well, she didn't get better from addiction and that's what she was supposed to do. And it's it's... a lot of acceptance.
1: Yeah, and it's 3D chess. Like again, our little human brains, we can see some of the picture, but we can't see the whole picture. She went through what she needed to go through. And on a bigger level, it all makes sense. We just can't see it, which is so sad and so painful. And yet you know, I again, I don't think anything is wasted. Even a life spent not being able to recover from addiction, none of that is wasted. All of that is important and it counts. Again, mm-hmm. like, not easy, but yeah important and sacred
0: Mm -hmm. it's just given me so much peace about what she went through Mm, just like seeing it that way and that you know it's still her life still was so valid there was so much that you know happened in my life even because of her and things that I'm still learning yeah Yeah, absolutely I I just really love that perspective so Mm. I have a weird one I mean
1: I guess I love weird weird
0: but I something that I've accepted recently is this so I somehow always seem to know when people are pregnant or when a like new new soul or just a soul coming through that I guess is like reincarnating in this life. And this is something I've only just started talking about to other people, but I've done it with a few of my boyfriend's friends where we've talked to them on the phone and I've looked at him and I've been like they're like they're gonna have a baby soon and it always happens and I've done it with a few friends as well. And I'm not really sure what to make of it or what to do with that. Um, it's
1: before. Yeah. I, you know, I haven't heard specifically of that before, but it doesn't, it doesn't surprise me. And then I want to ask you how it feels for you. Like, do you see something? Do you feel something? Do you hear something? How does that come through for you?
0: It's just like I I just know all of a sudden. I don't yeah, really hear yeah. anything or see it. It's just all of a sudden like I, I just know.
1: And, and it like like might ever. as
0: well have just told me that they, yeah. they were.
1: Yeah. I don't know what that's called, but surely somebody has given it a name. Cause there's like all the different names, like empath and clairsentience and clairvoyance. Mm-hmm. And there must be a clairpregnancyance.
0: <laughs> I don't know. It's, <laughs> it's really funny though, because I'm not someone, you know, I don't know if I ever want kids and it's, mm. it's really interesting that it's just that, that I feel so certain about knowing or i don't know maybe it's just surely open to connecting with souls that are just about to come through somehow I yeah know. you can just
1: like feel them surely mm-hmm. in the day before your clear blue pregnancy tests the mm-hmm. this would be the local um um the local herb woman would have um <laughs> would have had this ability right yeah so you would have gone to to ask
0: I don't know. It's it's really interesting. I think I'm still because I'm kind of just like becoming more open to it. So maybe it will mm. start, you know, the dots will start to connect. But mm. yeah. I
1: I think with any of these little skills and talents that you have, yeah, you just pull the thread. Yeah. And like, I mean, it's accepting you can do it is part of it, right? And mm. then once you do that, you can have a bit of fun with it or explore it, like mm. figure out what it actually means.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Mm. So I don't know. Something that is interesting. I still haven't, you know, wanted to say anything to people before they tell me, but I'll usually like tell my boyfriend because I'm just like, I
1: need you to just know that this happened. (laughs) I need a witness. Um, The thing I would add to that is I would try and see if it, if you can do it in the other way as well. So I've seen a baby be born and I've seen a woman die. And to me, energetically, it looked like exactly the same thing. It's all just walking through a door And so I wonder if you can get a sense of people whose souls, like if you're feeling souls come in, I wonder if you can feel souls who are about to go over. That's
0: actually really interesting because, and this is not something I've connected before, but a lot of times I'll have dreams about people before they pass away, like people that I haven't seen in ages. I did it with um, a friend of mine, a really old friend of mine her brother passed away and just mm. before he came to me in a dream and he was mm. maybe, like in a healed version of himself um and then because of that i went to like check on him kind of facebook as you do like a few days later yeah. and he had died a, a couple days after that
1: so maybe you're a soul shepherd i don't know
0: mm. I don't know but i i felt really peaceful like with getting both messages it hasn't felt like it's scary or like Morbid thing. And I think it's because, Mm. you know, when they come to me in dreams, they're usually, you know, healed and like in a really healthy version of themselves. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Usually when, maybe not immediately, but eventually people, when they pass over, depending on how they went, yeah, they do, they do become a really healed whole part of a version of themselves. Yeah.
0: Mm. Yeah. Yeah. So is there ever a time where you get a download? for someone and you know it tells you that something unfortunate is going to happen that you kind of like keep to yourself or is it usually all just good things that are guiding someone to another direction it
1: it can it can be both it absolutely can be both sometimes um and sometimes it's like a maybe more of a behavior Mm. I call it an um, a behaviour aktung, where it's like you need to get your shit together or you need to stop doing this or you need to like mm. you need to look look at what's really going on here and your part in it. And they're always very difficult conversations to have. Nobody wants to call anybody else on their stuff, right? Like and I'm a, I'm learning to be better, but I'm a people pleaser from way back. So being the person who has to go, all right, here's some hard truths and I'm the one who delivers them to you. Um it's something I'm much better at now but it's it still can be a difficult day at work when you have to do that. Um, and yeah, sometimes you do it it does seem to be less at least for me less often that there's a okay stop this this is a dangerous situation or there's something difficult or dangerous going on here that you need to know about. Mm-hmm. yeah and and generally it's like the the readings are always done in the person's highest good. And it, it's always hopefully in a way that they can the information is given them to them in a way that they can absorb and accept and process. And mm-hmm. so something so the really, even the really big stuff needs to come through in that way so the person can actually hear it mm-hmm. in a way that maybe if you just straight up said something they'd shut down and they wouldn't listen. So it's like this delicate balance of of giving these truths and giving this, really important information in a very um, accessible way Mm. Mm, if that makes sense
0: I and with our reading because you recorded it for me which I absolutely loved because I feel like I when we first talked I picked up on the things that I was like so ready for then which it was a lot of it but also listening back to it it's like after a little bit of time had passed and I was like more open Mm. to all of it I got other messages that came through
1: Yeah. Yeah. And I get that a a bit. It's so true. There's so much in the readings, right? You can't drink the ocean in one sitting. You've got to come back a few times. And I've had emails from people. I got one recently where she, it was a year after the reading I did for her. And she said that for six months after the reading, she was so hurt and angry and upset and she felt unheard and she felt like her guides weren't listening to her and they weren't, you know, what she wanted to talk about was deep childhood trauma. Um, And so there was a lot going on in her life as she was healing from this and 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 doing the work she needed to do to move through it but the reading itself she didn't enjoy she didn't feel loved she didn't feel connected she was angry at me she was angry at the guides she was not and you know I didn't know any of this until she sent me the email month like nine months later when she finally listened to the reading and she heard it again with a bit of space and distance and she was like oh my god they've always been there for me they are there for me everything they said in the reading is coming true it's all she just could hear it in a completely different way mm. um yeah time man mm-hmm. time timing's kind of everything
0: yeah so mm. the last thing i want to ask you about before we get because i love love i think it's one of the first things i asked you about when i came to you with
1: my list which
0: yeah. And imagine a lot of people probably ask you about love.
1: It's funny they either absolutely ask or completely avoid. There's no in between. Yeah. <laughs> they either want to know everything or they don't want to know a thing. <laughs>
0: oh, that's yeah, I can imagine. So what what downloads have you gotten from spirit around
1: love or soulmates? Mm, I mean, that's a big question. Yeah. Because it's all very personal, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Do
0: we, Do you think we come here with people like soulmates that are put in our path, or do you think it's more we're attracting people based off of where we are in our life, or
1: yeah, it's a, it's a, oh, look, it, it's a little bit of both, and it's the um, Hollywood romantic comedy industrial complex as well. Mm-hmm. So a lot of what the way the guides see love and the way we see love are very different things. Um, they, and you know, the the first thing I would say about this is like the guides are love. God is love. When you tap into source, it's love. It's not romantic love. It's it's bigger than that. Um, but love is like the underpinning of this whole thing, like everything we do. Mm -hmm. And every time we come back to connect, it's all this connection to love Mm -hmm. in terms of romantic love. A lot of people come to me, and I mostly read women. 90% of my clients are women. I've always had a very strong female energy. That's who I attract. That's who I speak to. And we all kind of have this thing. This We all have like this, Um, it is like romantic comedies and fairy tales, and like we will be completed by love, and we will like find one person, and they will set us free. And, and what I've actually discovered about love in reading is that most women are walking around with a love addiction. Like the vast majority of people I've read have love addiction, which just in itself is this idea that we will find one person and they will save us. And that is not how the guides see love at all. They see it as beautiful and wonderful and and connection um, and possibility, but they don't see it as a marriage or a wedding and a marriage and 50 years together until death do us part. They have a bit more of a... They don't really believe in the one. Most of the time when people ask, is he the one? The answer is no one is the one. Like you are the one. Is this somebody you're going to like marry and be with for a long time? Yeah. Are they the one? No. <laughs> there isn't a one. Um. So it's, it's very interesting as a reader to go in and, and really see and feel how each individual person Perceives love and what their stories around love are, and their conditioning and their cultural beliefs and their desires for themselves around love are compared to the reality of what love actually is.
0: Yeah. Mm. A lot of Pisces in my chart so we can blame it on that but also <laughs> like I do think there there is that love addiction and just the way I was brought up like watching so many rom-coms clearly
1: again but- and again and they're all the same girl gets saved by boy and is finally completed and it all cuts out before the hard work really like, begins I've been married and I've been divorced mm-hmm. and both of them were amazing experiences but mm-hmm. when you get together is when it starts <laughs> like <laughs> the, mm-hmm. the I do is the beginning of, of the journey not the end right? Right. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. Mm. It, I mean, it will tell you a lot about where you are, like very quickly. Mm-hmm. I yeah. think, and the, I'm, a, I'm my perspective where I see it more as growth rather than being like a destination. Yes, that's a perfect way to put it.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And I'm a love addict. I'm a healed love addict, although my love addict tendencies, I'm in a relationship at the moment, and my love addict tendencies have just reared their ugly head in the last week, and I've been like, did I not get over this? Like, am I really back here again? Um, so I think because I forget. have such experience mm-hmm. with it, I I am very empathetic to seeing it in other people.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, that, Yeah. That one runs deep, but I just have to keep reminding myself, like it can be good. It can be meant for a time and it doesn't have to be permanent for it to be valid and for it to be a good thing.
1: No, not at all. Not at all. And it's, you know, the people who come into our lives. And so this is more something I kind of learned through yoga, but I believe it to be true in my energy world. And the teaching in yoga is that the right teacher is always in front of you. Mm -hmm. And maybe it's in a yoga class, but maybe it's your mother or your lover or your lover or your teacher, or your barista, and it when they say right teacher, they don't mean kind teacher, or teacher that you like, or friendly teacher. They mean the person who's there to unlock some doors in you and show you some stuff, and maybe they do that by showing you who you do not want to be, mm-hmm. and maybe they do it by showing you who you do want to be, but it's the same with our partners. It doesn't have to be mm-hmm. one the one get married, children, white picket fence, that's the only successful relationship everybody who comes into our life whether it's for like three months or three years or 30 years is there to to show us some part of ourselves that we need to address and I think if you can expand your consciousness to think like that then you don't have to worry about finding the one because you are the one and everyone is the one and there is no one
0: yeah what an answer I mean that yeah that's beautiful it's Mm. something I I have to remind myself of a lot. Mm, yes, a some lot. Being a perspective and some letting go of of like ideas that I used to cling to. Yeah. But it's and really I acknowledge cool. it would be
1: a terrible movie. Nobody wants to watch that movie. I would so much rather watch 27 <laughs> Dresses. Like, are you kidding me?
0: <laughs> it's like the indie the indie film it doesn't really have the ending that you want, yeah. but you feel a lot more yeah. inspired by it and it, it yeah. Yeah. You more. Yeah. <laughs> I love that. Cool. Well, do you have a message from your spirit guides and angels just for the collective right now let me
1: see let me see if I can channel give me a second so they're just saying be free Mm -hmm. like be free it's not the same as being separate or -hmm. being um hostile Mm -hmm. (laughs) um or being belligerent Mm -hmm. but like just be free be free in your hearts and be free in your minds Mm -hmm. and be free with each other Mm-hmm. and um and from that space see what arises
0: hmm. i love that hmm. well thank you so much i could just talk to you for days but i guess we'll end it here how can people work with you or book a reading with you where can they yeah, get
1: great you? Thank- yeah, this has been such a great chat. Thank you so much for inviting me on. Um, my name is Kiralee Lynch. I go by Kiki most of the time because it's easier, though. And if you want to work with me, I do one on one readings. I also do um, ongoing uh, connected mentorship as well. And you can find me, my business name is Sacred and Profane. And I'm on Instagram at Sacred and Profane. And my email address is Kiralee Lynch, K I R I L E I G H L Y N C H dot com.